You found yourself on another episode of Locked on Bulls. On today's episode, we'll be talking about, uh, ask the question, can Kobe White be an all-star in 2025? Also, Patrick Williams appears to be close to a return, and apparently LeBron James liked the idea of Zach Levine being traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. We're going to talk about all that and more on today's Locked on Bulls. You are Locked on Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every single day. I'm Hayes, host and creator of Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears Central YouTube uh, channels and podcasts. Uh, but with that said, man, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. Let's go ahead and get into the content for today, man. So Kobe White, right? So we know that we're now in the All-Star break. The Chicago Bulls do have eight days off during this All-Star break. They won't play again until February 22nd. And while the Bulls don't have any representation at the All-Star game, you naturally kind of start looking at it. What other players or what's the next player that could be named to All-Star team from the Chicago Bulls? And of course, you have your faithfuls like DeMar DeRozan, of course, uh, who, you know, I think he was he was lower in voting uh, this year. But then you have your emerging players. And when you look at the emerging players and kind of the next new All-Star to come from the Chicago Bulls, your mind has to go to Kobe White, who's averaging right now 19 and a little over 19 and a half points per game on the season, four and a half rebounds, five assists, doing that a 46% shooting and almost 40% shooting as well from three-point range. That's near all-star level right there when you just look at it. Then when you break down how he's been over the last couple of months, Kobe White so far, an example, the month of February is averaging 24 points per game. He's doing that on 48% shooting, 47% shooting from three, chipping in five rebounds, six assists in that time period as well. Kobe White legitimately, I think, is on the precipice of being the next all-star for the Chicago Bulls, but he has to do a couple of things to get there. One, you know, he, he's been uh, over the last, he really had a slow start to the season. That first month of October, averaging only 10 points per game. Then in November, averaging 15 points per game. He's been above 20 points per game every single month since then, in both December, January, and now in February. And that's a step in the right direction to do that. I think that's also going to help him get to the free throw line more. That's one of the things that I think Kobe White has to do is how he adjusts to defenses. One of the things that we've been seeing uh, outside of the streaky shooting from Kobe White is that when defenses have keyed in on him, it's getting, it's been a little bit slower for him to kind of find his rhythm. Me and Pat actually had a conversation about this, you know, with Kobe kind of making those right decisions, making those point guard moves, but not always really taking over the game scoring-wise. Now, that's not to say that he hasn't done that as well. This is the, our most recent game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. He absolutely did that. Even had an opportunity for the for the game-tying shot to send us into overtime. Wasn't able to hit it. But so those are aspects of it. I, I When I look at Kobe, and to me, Kobe White offers that next one that could really be an all-star for the Chicago Bulls. His levels play there. He turns 24. And j just uh, today, he actually turns 24. So those are... Big things for Kobe White and just his growth and, and getting there and getting to that next level. Now, outside of just the scoring, I've, I've talked a lot about the scoring. He's doing things like rebounding well, right? He's even getting more assists. And I think him keeping that up right now, he's the 90, he's 90th in rebounds per game in the NBA. Now, that's not anything to necessarily sing home about. But when you look at the fact that he's a point guard doing that, 
that's going to be a big step for Kobe's uh, next next kind of precipice of his game as well. It's to really kind of start start doing those other things and you know stepping up in the big moments and kind of being that more defiant number one overall on that Chicago Bulls team. Now that's going to have to come via him being more trusted by his team and Billy Donovan going to him more in fourth quarters. But when we see Kobe White take over games. That's going to be the thing that I think pushes Kobe White to being able to be an all-star. You really got to kind of look at the numbers that he has. When you look at a player, for example, that is an all-star this year in Jalen Brunson, who's averaging five more points than Kobe White, right? Uh, eight more points than Kobe White overall on the season. He's 27th in the league in scoring. But what he does is that you know that when the New York Knicks get close in games, that Jalen Brunson is going to go into a different level. And he is coaching his players. They all they all support that. And that's really what you want to see from Kobe White, I think, personally, for him to be an all-star for the Chicago Bulls next up. And I think he's the one that I really look at and say has the best chance, um, especially somebody who hasn't been an all-star before. I would assume while he stepped up big time this season, I don't think you can really say that Iowa DeSumo's uh, numbers, even at, at their most, are, are anywhere close to being, uh, you know, all-star level numbers. But Kobe White has that conversation around him and him being in the most improved player of the year conversation. The Bulls winning more games, I think, is definitely one of the big barriers in that as well. Now, that's not in his control. Now, we've seen players from losing team make all-star uh, appearances before. But Kobe White stepped up defensively, not a lockdown defender by any stretch of the imagination, but has definitely stepped up considerably on that defensive side of the ball. He sacrifices his body in trying to draw uh, charges. And then one of the things as well that isn't one of those things that you, that you can measure, but you definitely look at it, is the way of carrying yourself like a number one. In that game, the last game against the Cleveland Cavaliers, we and we've seen it in other games as well, we saw Kobe White get into it verbally with, with Max Struess and not back down. And, you know, there are two uh, Cavs players there. That edge that Kobe White's developing there as well, and as more people start talking about him on both the national stage and things like that, I think that it's safe to say that Kobe White is probably the one bull that you can really look at and say he's the next all-star for this team. And, you know, he, it's up to him to continue that trajectory, right? He can't just – he has to still improve further than what he is right now. He has to take that next step. But, uh, you know, Kobe with, with, his, with his work ethic, how he continue, continues to develop his game, how he puts in time every single offseason to round out his game, going to really be excited to see what Kobe White looks like now with having this platform of the season that he's having and how he jumps off into that. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that it makes it any more Kobe season any better or less if he's an all-star or not. Some of that's a popularity contest. Some of that comes down to the way that your team is viewed, how that team's winning. Like I said, those things are kind of outside of Kobe White's control. But uh, when it comes down to it, man, I, 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 I think that Kobe – and in some shape, form, or fashion, it's probably going to be an all-star next year if he keeps this going on. So, um, but yeah, I, 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 let me know what you guys think. Uh, for those that are watching on the YouTube side, if you're on the podcast side, you can always get it in uh, in the mailbag as well. The voicemail is in the description. But um, Kobe White, just his ascension, you know, it would have been nice for him to be, you know, in something in this all-star weekend. But, you know, considering the minutes that he's been playing, which is another thing, he's he's one of the highest minutes uh, played in the NBA so far this season. And because of that, I think that's going to also be one of those things that become a story around him and that he can start getting into some of that conversation. But, you know, Kobe 
the edge that he's developing, the way that he's turning into a leader on this team, both vocally and with kind of putting the team on his back at times, those are going to be things that really does get Kobe White into that consideration, into that conversation of being an all-star. And hopefully that's the case. I, I, I love the way that Kobe White is just... Uh, just grown this season. And, you know, we came into this season talking about and saying that one of the Bulls' young players had to step up in a big way, a really big way to really, um, for this team to kind of go further than what they did last year. Now, unfortunately, injuries and other things around it, which we'll talk about an injury uh, that could be returning here after the All-Star break. Um, but, you know, all those things kind of being around the Bulls, it's just led into a situation where, you know, uh, we didn't get to, you know, to to use this to build off of what we did last year. But Kobe White and his ascension has basically kept the Bulls the same that they were around last year. And I think that it has to be looked at as a plus when you factor in the fact that DeMar's missed time, Vooch has missed time, Patrick Williams has missed extended time. Alex Caruso has been on the dang injury report every single game for like the last two months, right? Zach Levine being in and out of the line of the trade request. One of the things that have kept the Bulls being a team that has, again, not not excelled any expectations, unless you're talking about some of the uh, some of the uh, the odds of the Bulls record. The Bulls are excelling on that, but you know the Bulls sit right now three games below 500, and a big part of that is because of the growth that Kobe White has shown this season and being able to keep the Bulls. Yeah, ninth seed, it sucks. Yes, we would like love to be more than a ninth seed, but the way that his he's played for the Chicago Bulls and the way that he's given that effort, the way that he's developed has really helped keep this team where they are. And I think for us to, to kind of extend further than that, we're going to need another one next year, unless this team does something crazy in the off season, which I don't know about you. I don't bet on the, on the Chicago Bulls doing anything crazy in the off season. Prove me wrong though. AK, please prove me wrong on that. But I think it's safe to say that if I'm picking any Chicago bull to really be the next one to make an all-star team, I'm personally looking at Kobe White to do it. And uh, yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see if he can he can end up doing that. Let me know, like I said, your guys' thoughts down below and all of that. But next up, we're going to be talking about P. Will being close to a return, even though there's still some some concerning comments in, in what we're going to talk about. But before we get into that, I got to talk to you guys about one of our sponsors, and that is Robinhood. Do you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boasting every single dollar you transfer in from another retirement account with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. The offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Uh, claim it is as of quarter one, 2024, validated by Radius Global Market research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. The 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of the first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA, available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC, is a registered broker-dealer. All right, Bulls fans. So with all that said, let's go ahead and jump into the next topic for today. And that is an injury update on P-Will. A lot of Bulls fans have been asking, 
what is the status of P-Will? You know, we were given that initial, well, initially we were given it was going to be day-to-day. You know, P-Will came out, said that he felt he can play, and then the very next day after that, uh, you know, came out that P-Will was going to be reevaluated in two weeks. That two-week time period has now passed, and Billy Donovan was asked about that uh, before yesterday's game, and he gave the update, basically saying that, you know, that, Patrick Williams will be reevaluated closer to the end of the All-Star break, that he has cleared a hurdle. They're going to start doing some on-the-court stuff, seeing how he runs, cuts, things like that, and and that the pain in the foot that he was experiencing and the kind of the discomfort there has been alleviated, but now it's time to see how his body responds to getting back on the court, doing the running, jumping, uh, things like that. So that's that's a, a overall good prognosis. Now I want to I want don't want to you know stick on the bat or anything like that. But the one thing with this Bulls team is that I, I don't know about you guys, but I have felt like over the the last few years, it's like we get less and less certainty around the way that this Bulls team reports on injuries. That's just my personal opinion. Now we know that Patrick Williams has historically been a pretty fast recoverer for most injuries when he had his broken wrist he came back a month and a half ahead of the schedule that they had him out for he's able to come back and play 15 games so you know that that aside of this when the and and maybe there was some uncertainty around it because they were still trying to figure out what was going on with Patrick Williams foot maybe they were a little bit caught off guard about what the injury ended up being but so that's just kind of little side things to that. To get back on the actual things that happen, um, you know, I think getting P-Will back on the court is, is important. And while, you know, P-Will's stats aren't jumped out the, the stat sheet at you or anything, we still see glimpses of passive P at times for sure for the Chicago Bulls. But, you know, he had that glimpse, right? He had that 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 15 or so game stretch um, in December after Zach Levine initially went down. Let's just go over it. So from December 16th, until the uh, December 30th, Patrick Williams over those games scored double digits in every single game, but one game in which he only scored six points against the Atlanta Hawks. He had aver- he had scores of 25 points, 13 points, 15 points, 18, 13, that's six, 22, and 13. And then when January started, that's when he kind of started tapering off. That's when that discomfort started happening with him. And so, you know, things fell off there. But for the month of December, when he was fully healthy, after Zach went out, Patrick Williams averaged 14 points per game on 52% shooting. He also averaged 50% shooting from three-point range, taking almost four three-pointers per game, four and a half rebounds, two assists, right under steal per game. People want to see from where Patrick Williams was selected. I get that. But those were really solid numbers for especially the way that the team was playing as far as spreading the ball around, everybody getting involved. And so getting Patrick Williams back, Definitely helps bolster the defense, right? And I think having him and Alice Crusoe back, we can see the Bulls' defense, which still has been pretty solid over the over the stretch of time, can get even better. And you know that's what you want to see. So you know, getting Patrick Patrick back if he's fully healthy, you don't want to rush him back. But if he is healthy and ready to go, getting him back can drastically help this team. You know, play better over the back half of the season. We got twenty seven games left after the All Star break. Twenty seven. When you look through it, through the first 19 games of the season, the Chicago Bulls were 26th in offense, 22nd in defense, 25th in net rating, and we have had a record of 5-14, and 14, which was 26th in the NBA. Through the next 36 games of the season, the Bulls have been 19th in offense, 10th in defense, 13th in net rating, a record of 20-15, and 15, which is good enough for the 11th best record in the NBA. This is not to say that the Bulls, that AK was right for not making moves or anything. But when this team, 
even minus Zach Levine, is fully healthy and ready to go, and we spread that ball around, we get everybody involved, we're attacking, we're forcing turnovers, we're getting out in transition, the Bulls have shown that this is a tough team. And, you know, that toughness, we'll see how far that, that takes us. Three games below 500. Uh, you know, still, you know, not the record that we wanted coming into the season, the, the growth that we wanted to see. But there are enough signs in this that I would say that this Bulls team can still rise up the rankings, that they still can make it interesting, and they can have an interesting last 27 games of the season. And it's kind of crazy to say that. We have 27 games left on this season. And I remember when the All-Star break was, like, re really in the mid part of the season where at least you had, like, 30, 35 games left after the All-Star break. 27 games left after the All-Star break. It's not that many games at all. We got a difficult march, so if we can get P-Will back after the All-Star break to kind of use that the rest of February to kind of gear up and then go through March, April, and hopefully the playing tournament being fully healthy. That's the, that's what this team needs. I think getting everybody fully healthy is what we what we need most to continue evaluating, to know what this team can sit in, and to give AK the most data to see what he's going to do in this offseason. I know there's a lot of concerns that AK isn't going to do anything. We're going to re-sign Pat, re-sign DeMar. At that point, we probably lose Drum and, and roll the dice and see where we sit. And I understand those concerns. But, you know, while P-Will has been you know, disappointing. I, I think that's fair to say. Overall, a lot of people disappointed in the play of Patrick Williams. You still want to get him back on the court. You still want to get him back, you know, in rhythm. You want to do all those things. And Pat has things to prove. And this is still a contract year for Patrick Williams as well. And, you know, it'd be remiss to, to say that AK and Eversley aren't going to consider, you know, how, the injury, how he plays the rest of the season in those negotiations. And so, you know, while it was debunked, and I'm seeing a lot of people still say, well, Patrick Williams wants $20 million a year. He wants $200 million a year. I don't think that that market's going to be there for him, to just be 100% honest with you. I think, you know, Patrick Williams is probably going to be looking at signing something similar to the 12 million, 12 to 15 million range, you know, uh, similar to Kobe White money. I think that's going to be the case. Um, and I, I know some Bulls fans have that thought process of, oh, let P-Will go. Let's not repeat the mistake. The one person that needs to be over P-Will for P-Will not to be a Bull is our tourist Connor Sova. And he's the one person in the world that's not yet over Patrick Williams and the potential that's still left in on that for that player and on this team overall. So Pat is probably going to be back. We And like I said, because of that, you know, you really want Patrick Williams to come back and hopefully there's no setbacks. And if there is, then that's where you start getting really concerned. A setback for Patrick Williams and him trying to return to the court this season is definitely going to help well, hurt considerably his uh, his contract negotiation status with AK in the front office. And uh, I don't know where that's going to end up leaving him. I don't know whether whether that'll leave everybody else. But, you know, it, it, it's a, it can, it's going to be interesting offseason to see how AK really manages this. And the P-Will deal is going to be a really important piece of that as well. The deal that you give P that you give Patrick, you know, there's so many different ways that it can go. Do you, do you give him the most? Do you let him go and find a deal out in the market so that him and his agent can know their value, you know, and then risk maybe a team signing him to a super large offer sheet because they also see the potential still in P-Will? He's 22 years old. There's still a lot of time for P-Will to develop. Now, I get it, like, per what, you know, me and Pat talk about here all the time, like, Pat's kind of over Patrick Williams. I, I go back and forth when it comes to Pat. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I go back and forth when it comes to P. Will. 
I still see the flashes of it, and those flashes look so good those times. But then again, you see, like, passive P comes out. So, you know, I think to eliminate that as much as possible, to get Patrick Williams back in here, back in the building, back healthy, back rolling and rocking with this team, and we'll see what that's going to bring on the back half of the season. And hopefully Patrick is helping the Bulls play. I've, I've talked about it before. I, I would really love to see over the last 27 games the Bulls win between 15 and 17 of those games. If they can do that, man, still steady, uh, keep that over 500 pace that they've been on. Um, as far as that, I think that can that can bode well for the Bulls, but we'll see. But, you know, one of the players that we did talk about their future all throughout the season was Zach Levine. And it recently came out that LeBron James may have been in favor of, of Zach Levine coming to the Chicago Bulls. But we'll talk about that here in a second. Before we do that, I got to talk to you guys about another one of our sponsors, one of the newer sponsors here, and that is Hungry Root. Grocery shopping and meal planning for specific dietary needs or preferences can be challenging. The days are officially getting longer, and while there may be more daylight, do you feel like there isn't enough time in the day? Well, customers that use Hungry Root save five hours per week using it without the stress of grocery shopping or meal prepping. Many customers save money on groceries versus the store, as well as eating out less and avoiding expensive takeout and restaurants. Hunger Root can help save up to 30% on food waste each week as well. And with the 40% off for free veggies for or, and free veggies for life, Hunger Root can save you considerably money. Hunger Root is your partner in healthy living. It's the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. Take a fun, short quiz, and Hunger Root will get to know you, your personal health goals, and what you like to eat, kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build your personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. Hunger Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal taste, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat, and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Uh, everything from Hunger Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Save hours of planning, shopping, and cooking. Hunger Root delivers foods you'll love. Right now, Hunger Root is offering Locked On Bulls listeners 40% off the first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungerRoot.com slash Locked On to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungerRoot.com. Don't forget to use the link so that we so that they know we sent you. All right, guys. Let's go ahead and get into it, man. So, apparently, and this we talked about, me and Pat have talked about this, one of the my favorite times of years after the trade deadline when all the kind of details around that trade deadline come out, and a lot of it is speculative. This one does come from NBC Sports Chicago, though, as well, and it says that LeBron James was in support of the idea of the of the Lakers trading for Zach Levine. It says this, James was also in support of the Lakers trading for DeJounte Murray or Zach Levine, two clutch sports clients. In the weeks and months leading into the 2004 trade deadline, according to sources, uh, James has serious power in the Lakers front office. And he was involved in the trade to acquire Russell Westbrook in 2022. According to the report, he vouched for the Lakers uh, to team him back up with Kyrie Irving too. And so that there's a lot going on around that. So, you know, and when we also pair in with that, that it was reported that the that the Lakers and 76ers had had LeBron trade talks, but the Lakers were basically like, hey, we want Joel Embiid. And then the 76ers were like, hey, we good, peace. Uh, that the Warriors also try to pair uh you know, pair uh Steph Curry with with LeBron James and brought him into the to the Warriors. You know, hearing that LeBron was kind of favorable to bring in Zach Levine, pairing him with Anthony Davis. 
I mean, it kind of makes some sense. We're seeing that LeBron, while he's what the numbers that he's putting up and the way that he's able to produce at this age is historic. But they need a little bit of help, right? In the days of LeBron James being able to single-handedly push you towards being a championship contender are done. And I don't mean that as any slight towards LeBron James. But when you look at what he's doing at 39 years old, he's averaging 25 points per game, seven rebounds, basically eight assists on 52% shooting. Those are historic numbers. But getting a little bit of extra help, and I think everybody kind of realizes that, but it all goes back to what the Lakers are and uh, are and aren't willing to give up. And, you know, the Bulls reportedly wanted Austin Reeves back in any deal for Zach Levine. The Lakers were willing to offer up Rui Hachimura, uh, even a first-round pick in a, in a case like that. But they didn't really want to offer up Austin Reeves, which it seems like the Chicago Bulls wanted. All the talk around the Lakers and, and Zach Levine, they're going to start back up this offseason. And the question that I want to ask here before we go is that if LeBron James was favorable to Zach Levine coming to the Los Angeles Lakers, if Zach, a couple of things would have to happen. If Zach is fully healthy, if the Lakers do crash out this offseason and just look like crap in the play-in or whatever else, or God forbid they miss the play-in, could LeBron then kind of force the Lakers' hand to go ahead and make a move for another player? The Lakers right now, currently the ninth seed. They have a, a one-and-a-half game advantage over the 10th seed, Golden State Warriors. So, you know, they're probably going to make that playing tournament, but if they don't make it out the playing, could the Lakers become desperate in keeping and wanting to keep LeBron? We've heard the Lakers recently said they aren't against bringing in Bronny James. Well, I don't think Bronny James is any type of NBA player. But hearing those things, could the Lakers be back in on Zach Levine trade talks in the offseason? I think that there may be a chance of that. I think there's always going to be a, a little bit of at least a chance of that, just as long as you have LeBron James on your team. And we know that Le LeBron wants to compete every single year if he can. And so hearing this, maybe it is happening. Maybe that Lakers-Zach Levine destiny isn't completely closed yet. But I guess that remains to be seen in this upcoming offseason. But let me know what you guys think on all that down below. That's my time for today, guys. You guys can follow me at CEO Hayes. You can also follow the channel at Locked on Bulls. Go ahead and follow Pat as well, at Pat the Designer. I appreciate you guys so much, man. Locked on Bulls is free and available on every podcasting app and platform of your choice, as well as Spotify and YouTube and the Odyssey app. So make sure you guys stay tuned in for that as well. But for Pat the Designer, I'm Hayes. This has been Locked on Bulls, and we out for today. Peace, y'all.